In this episode, we are going to talk about deciphering when deity is trying to connect with you and reach out to you. I'm Leander Witchwood. And I'm Elise Wells. And welcome to the Magic Kitchen Podcast, where we talk about magic, kitchen witchcraft, herbs, and everything in between. start this episode with a brief description of what we've been up to lately. So we have a lot going on um, through Symmetry Holistic Collective and the Witchwood Tea House. I have opened a school, an online school with my partners, Stacy and Aaron, and we currently have several classes in there ready for you to sample and um, take part in. But we also have our own community we're starting in conjunction with these classes and with other events that we're going to do live. And all of that can be found on the Symmetry Holistic Collective website, which is symmetryholisticcollective.com. And I also will have links available on my leanderwitchwood.com website. So Elise, you've been up to a lot too. What have you been doing? Yeah. So my course is on Caridwin's Grove, Symmetry Holistic Collective's online school. So manifesting a spiritual life, I've been getting my first students enrolled and it's been really awesome to see their growth and have those conversations and make those connections. So I hope some of you will join our course there, um, start manifesting your spiritual life bigger and bolder. Um, and I just got back from Rome and I was in Rome filming for my YouTube channel, Seeking Numina. And Numina is Latin for spiritual places. So I go to spiritual places, and this is the first time in a Latin-speaking country that I've gotten to use my Latin words. That was cool. People recognized it there, which was really fun. And in Rome, I recorded so many great things that you'll see on my YouTube channel. Um, at the time of recording this, it is March. So by the time you're listening to this, you'll probably see some of those videos up there. Um, and while I was in Rome, I had some connections and synchronicities that led me to talking to Leandra. And that's kind of where we got the idea for this episode title. Um, how do you know when a God is talking to you, when you're getting signs and symbols from deity to connect with them, to reach out to them? And I had a series of synchronicities, some different things that led me to realize that Apollo was trying to communicate with me. So if, if we're ready for story time, I'll go back and kind of give give yes. the insight. It's crazy yes, because story time. <laughs> sometimes we do things and we think it's our choice, right? We think, oh, I had this wonderful random idea to go to Rome. Well, not quite. So I live in Greece and it's not very difficult to get to Rome from here. So in that regard, I was thinking of places to go and where would be close. And for some reason, I, I thought of Rome. I booked ticket to Rome within 24 hours of thinking of this idea. And that's really rare for me. I usually plan things at least a month in advance. If I have a deadline for something, 
I usually have that thing done and planned before that. Like I'm, I'm the opposite of a procrastinator. So to book something this spontaneous was a little bit out of character, but I didn't think too much of it. And then that night I had a dream of a symbol and I didn't even think about the dream. I woke up, I was doing my morning ritual. And as I was meditating, I, I came out of my meditation and I drew the symbol and I said, wait, that's the symbol from my dream. And it was two epsilons back to back. I didn't think of them as that at the time. I thought it was like two, like, you know, circles next to each other, like half circles. I'll, I'll put an image of it in the description of the episode. And then that next day, I was going to the Temple of Hephaestus. In Greece, we have this awesome Sunday tradition where you have free access to ancient sites on Sunday. So I went to the Temple of Hephaestus to paint. And I, for some reason, was getting called to try a new art form. It all makes sense now. And so I go to the Temple of Hephaestus. And I see a lady selling earrings with this symbol on it. So I ask her. What is this symbol? She says, it's Apollo's symbol. And I was like, huh, that's strange. I've never thought much about Apollo. Apollo is the god of art and creativity and music. And it's funny that I was being called to try a new art form. So I was called to this temple. And then here's Apollo's symbol. It's crazy. Then a couple days later, I'm in Rome. I'm on the plane to Rome. And I downloaded a podcast episode, random interview with Stephen Colbert, and I'm listening to it and he starts talking about Apollo. He starts talking about Aragorn and the Lord of the Rings as a symbol for Apollo and a way for man to come to their fullest power and enlightenment. And in my research, I had read that that's what Apollo is all about. It's about coming to the light, to acknowledging your fullest potential. And then I get to Rome and the first place I go is the Vatican. And the first thing I see is a statue of Apollo at the entrance to the Vatican. And then I learned that all of these artists envisioned Jesus as Apollo in their paintings. And I literally could not go anywhere in Rome without being confronted with Apollo. I go to Hadrian's Villa. Apollo was his patron deity. I go to another museum and there's another painting now again of Apollo. And then even when I come home, I run into my neighbor walking his dog and he tells me about this amazing temple of Apollo that I need to go visit. So maybe 10 years ago, all these things would have happened to me. And I would have said, oh, that's funny. A lot of people are talking about Apollo these days and kind of moved past it and said, okay, that's ah, how strange. But I know better now. And I can't ignore these synchronicities and these symbols. So now he's somebody I'm meditating with. I'll be visiting his temple soon, as soon as I can. And these are the kind of experiences that, you know, when you, when you have them, it's so important to notice them, to notice these, these symbols, these, these clear signs to communicate that are coming at you. Yeah, I completely agree with that because when I know when I first started my path, like these symbols would come <laughs> and you're like, nah, why would a deity talk to me? Why would a deity want to express to me, but I think that's where we second guess ourselves is thinking that we're too small or that we're too insignificant yeah. to be t spoken to by a higher power or by a divine power. And it's easy to convince ourselves 
that these symbols are just our imagination. And even psychology will convince us that these symbols are our imagination because we we want to believe it's there. So we see it all the time. Like you, you start thinking about red cars and all of a sudden you see red cars. But I think there's something deeper to it on a spiritual level. There's more to it than just wanting to see the symbols. Like maybe, yeah, maybe that's part of it. But when we become open, then we're receptive. And when we're receptive, then we notice and we can receive the messages. And when we try to discredit it or second guess ourselves, then we're missing it. And maybe, maybe it's because we're not ready to work with that deity right now that we dismiss. And maybe we don't feel like we're in a good place for it. But I, I don't, I have an issue with that because I've heard people say that, you know, if you don't want to work with a deity, then just tell them to go away, basically, like politely decline, which perfectly fine. You can do that. But I've also come to learn in my path that if a deity is asking to work with you and coming to work with you, there's a purpose there. There's another stage that you're meant to step up to. And yeah. our cultural conditioning teaches us that we're not worthy of that or we're not capable of that or that it's just in our imagination. And I think that helps keep us small for one, but I think it also helps keep the collective shadow in that place of smallness and that place of, oh, well, if I, if I don't do it, if I can't do it, then it's okay because nobody else can do it type of thing or nobody else is being called. It's okay that I, that I refuse because I need to be like everyone else. I need to, fit into that little cookie cutter formation of what this life is. And for me, the more I work with deity, the more I recognize the symbols, the more I just lean in, then I realize like, oh crap, there's something beyond what my little human brain could comprehend. And it's really important to, you know, just kind of take a step back and go, huh, okay. I noticed that if, Mm -hmm. if that's, you know, maybe, send a message saying, okay, I noticed that now give me something else, like confirm it for me. Yeah. And that usually works. Yeah. And, and that's, that's amazing. It, it, we have these experiences. They're so sensory. You know, we see things, we hear things, maybe even we taste something like we're having a certain food and we look and we see something or we recognize something or the trigger of that taste helps us make a connection in our heads to something else we'd seen that day or understood from something we listened to. And it's, it's almost tactile. And yet we still want to talk ourselves out of it. And there's, it's important to recognize the ego at play there because Mm -hmm. there's the ego that we think of as arrogant and better than everyone. But really what the ego is, it's that part of us that protects us It tells us, don't be vulnerable. Don't look for change. What are you doing? You're safe and content right now. Why would you (laughs) want change? Why would you want to grow? You're good right now. So when these symbols of change, anytime we're getting big messages like this, and this is not a common thing for me. This is the first time this has happened to me since at least 2020, where I've had this like profound call to a deity that was from a deity that was, hey, you knock, knock, you know, like it's something very (laughs) rare. Yeah. It doesn't happen often, but when it does happen, especially if you're in this transitionary period, like maybe you're new to the path or you're feeling like it's really clicking, like 
of course, these are the times it's going to happen. That's good. That's great. It means you're, you're going with that. And just because you can't see the next step, just because that's terrifying to your ego, that doesn't mean it's not time for it. If I look at the times I've taken big steps, big leaps, big jumps as a person, as a witch, as a writer, as a teacher, mm-hmm. I've never once seen where that's going to go. I have always yeah. been in the dark with that. The biggest steps are the most <laughs> uncertain, but that's why they're, they're big. That's, that's why they're important to take because they're yeah. true change. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a lot of us are afraid of what could be or what we don't know instead of yeah. leaning into it. Like, well, okay, it, maybe the worst thing could happen. But maybe the best thing could happen. Yeah. You know, maybe we could, you know, lean into working with this deity and experience the most profound growth we ever knew, which takes us to a whole new level in life, you know, and, and you know, maybe, maybe that translates into the level of, of your business. Maybe it translates into your relationships and in, in every aspect. And I think as humans, in that ego shadow play, which I talk extensively about that in my shadow work course, Claiming the Shadow and in Dark Mirror Coaching. One of the things I'm always working people through is that ego shadow play. The ego is trying to keep you safe, but the shadow is also trying to keep you safe. But the shadow is going to remind you of the shame, the humiliation, where the ego is just going to remind you of, you know, how small you need to be to keep that status quo. So when you have these playing and then you have this powerful entity trying to connect with you you're like well wait 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 my ego and my shadow are telling me that i'm too small and this isn't real it's my imagination so we play into that and we go with it and then we lose opportunities because we're just not ready yeah and let's take let's take that it's just not real thought mm-hmm. that is a huge can of worms right like what is real you know like you're in love with your husband right. yeah how do you know that how would, how do you know how that's you know real? real. Yeah. You know, and and that can be a very toxic thought pattern, or it can be something that helps you realize something else that's better and profound. And when we apply that mm-hmm. that label of what's real, you know, we can get very in our heads and question everything we think we believe. And you know, experiencing love. I mean, it's it's very hard to explain that to people, right? I mean, yeah. that's like the main plot line of 90% of media that we consume, I think. But like <laughs> and love songs or songs yeah. in period, like love. <laughs> it's always love. Yeah, you're unrequited mm-hmm. or broken up. And you know, but yeah. is any of that people sing about not real? Is it not real? No, it's happening to them, so it's real. That experience yeah. is valid. We don't question that. So why would we question a different form of love? A reaching out yeah. from spirit that's, you know, it's it's a higher relationship. Definitely. The witch tip I have for this episode is to use your herbs from your full moon ritual for your cleansing and banishing rituals. This will allow you to create salts or bath soaks where you can cleanse out the energy you don't need, leaving room for the energy you're trying to attract and manifest. 
If you're looking to deepen and make witchcraft your way of life, join us in the Rebel Mystic community. This is a private group for individuals looking for support and structure in navigating their magical journey. Join myself, Eris, and Erowyn as we traverse the Shadowlands, ignite your magical fires, and learn to integrate magic as a journey into the everyday life. We will support you in your healing journey, aid you in understanding various magical and esoteric modalities, and learn to connect with spirit guides, ancestors, and deities. The link will be in the show description. So in talking about communication with deity and receiving those messages, you'll get symbols and there's various ways that these symbols will come to you. And I know sometimes we, like we discussed uh, just a little while ago, how we can write those symbols off and, you know, validate them as not real or imaginary. But I think sometimes these symbols come to us and they're very real. There's not (laughs) a, it, there's not too much denying it. Um, I know one for me was an animal. It literally came into my office, scurried around my office, and then ran out. And I never get oh. animals in my office. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> it was a it was a spring day. I had the door open. So, I mean, yeah, I could have, but they don't usually come around the office door. They usually hang out outside because that's where the food is. That's where the, you know, sunshine and stuff is. But this little guy, the little tiny chipmunk came in with a huge, you know, acorn in his mouth, came in. Ran into my office. I even I have it on my blog. I have a video of it. This happened a few years ago. And it was right around the same time that I was working on transforming my life. I was working on manifesting things for myself. I was working on completely re-identifying my business practices um, and revamping my business to become what it is now. And I really feel like that little guy was a message saying, hey, we got you. We heard you. It was validation for me that this that what I was asking for, what I was working toward was going to manifest. So those are that's a simple example of how messages can come. They can be, you know, a strange occurrence with an animal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you and- have any strange occurrences? <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely my Apollo interaction has been the yeah, most definitely. like, I mean, I've never other interactions. Um, usually like when I think of the Fae versus like deity. So deity is like the big ones, the continued ones, like my Apollo <laughs> experience I talked about. But then when I think about the Fae, you know, sometimes that's something as simple as when, you know, I'm in my coven's rituals and we're calling the quarters. There's, always a gust of wind that comes in east always every single time it can be the most calm day ever but the wind will come in and i i love that because it's it's such a simple like yep uh, you you called hello i'm here like it's such a nice like they, they joined the circle yeah um yeah. and when i lived in the city my experiences of nature were limited to the cemetery next next door ish like a couple blocks away that i would go to a lot and my balcony, which second story balcony. So there was no like grass or anything, but I had my potted plants and I had my outdoor fairy altar. So 
when I had the time, usually every day after school, I was a teacher. So every time I'd come home, I would sit out on my balcony and try to connect with the Fae a little bit. And once or twice, there was a big maple tree out in the yard of the apartment complex and a maple leaf would land actually on me while I was out there doing that. So the way I always look at these kinds of moments is like, maybe it's just happenstance. It's just coincidence. Yeah, sure. Ego, you're right. It's just whatever. No problem. You know, (laughs) even if I lean into that, the fact of the matter is it really made me smile. It made me feel connected to nature. And there's really no downside to that, that moment. So yeah, I, I take them and, you know, feel gratified by them, by those moments. Definitely. And I, I know I've had other instances, but I've watched other people have instances too. Like my daughter was a great example. When, um, before I moved into our storefront, I worked out of my home. And so the little office I had, we, you know, we have bird feeders everywhere at home. And when my daughter was working in the office by herself, a little goldfinch would come and tap on the window. Never would come when anybody else was in the office. Yeah, we would see the goldfinches out at the bird feeder. We'd see them. They were there, but they would never come to the window. And this one, it was a female goldfinch. And it, we didn't even believe her. Like, like yeah, sure. It's <laughs> tapping at you. Whatever. You know, <laughs> that's cute. You know, maybe it was just a fluke, but it kept happening like three days in a row. And so finally she got a video of it. <laughs> And there was this little tiny female goldfinch up on the windowsill tapping at the window at her. And so I started telling her the symbolism of the goldfinch. And I think, you know, that's another important thing when we're looking for validation that this could be real is start looking at the symbolisms of what's coming to you. What does it mean? What does the symbol mean? You know, your um, your earrings and the, the, the Apollo symbol. It, it, that was, you know, that has meaning behind it. And the goldfinch, you know, it was signaling to her that she needed to work on her spiritual journey. And she, of course, she didn't listen, but. <laughs> but <it laughs> well, and I bet you it how, came back you know, in another way. <laughs> it does. It keeps coming back to her. And so, you know, it's it, I also believe that when we get a symbol, if we choose not to acknowledge it right away or we brush it off. It's going to keep coming back to us until mm-hmm. we finally acknowledge it and work through it. So you know, there's other things that have come to her sense that remind her like, hey, you're supposed to be working on this. Hey, you're supposed to be working on this. And, you know, it's, you know, it's going to stay there as long as it needs to. <laughs> yeah. And another popular way that we get symbols and, and contact is in dreams. And sometimes that's oh, yeah. less direct. It might be like a series of themes that you notice in your dreams, or maybe it's a feeling you get. Like maybe the dream Mm. is you're just mowing the lawn, but for some reason you feel absolutely terrified, but there's nothing in the dream to terrify you. You know, sometimes these Mm. things are our subconscious trying to, trying to get us to, to awaken. Like, Mm. I I feel like the dream world is, is a place, you know, it's like trance state. Like we get our best ideas when we're not burdened with other thoughts. So, yes, you know, pay attention to that and then see how that plays out in your next day. Like, do you have an unsettled feeling because you just had the lawnmower scary dream last night? How does that affect you today? Like, sometimes I think those. They, they almost like work in concurrence, like, I mean, that's kind of what happened to me with with Apollo, too. I had this dream 
didn't think anything of it, drew the symbol of meditation, didn't, still was like, I don't know, I just like drawing funny lines in half circles. And then, you know, it just, <laughs> it, it just kept piling up. Like at this point, there's been like 10 connecting things. things so yeah. it, yeah, it'd be very hard for me to just completely ignore that and not go for the, you know, not reach out. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And, and I think journaling it, the experience is yeah. a very valid way to process, you know, okay, so I had this, you know, dream, what does it mean? Um, what I'll do is I'll sometimes pull a card for myself in relation to that dream. Mm. So I can better understand it. I have, I have Oracle decks that are specific to deities. So if I feel like it's a deity calling to me, I'll pull the the deck and I'll pull a card out of it and see, okay, so if, if I don't, can't decipher the dream because it's a weird lawnmower and I'm scared, what does that mean? <laughs> but I feel like maybe it's a message from some higher power. I'll pull the card and see if it can bring me to more clarity. And maybe it doesn't make sense right away. I can't stress this enough. Like working with deity, working with symbolisms, working with any kind of higher power that's you know, not of this physical human form. It's not going to work on our same timeline. Things are yeah. not going to work, you know, oh, it's 12 o'clock. So that means this has to happen. Or, you know, it's five o'clock. So that means this has to happen. No, it doesn't work like that. It's going to work as it needs to. When the little epiphanies need to hit you and the little messages need to hit you, that's when they'll come. And they'll keep coming as long as you need to receive that message. If you don't, you know, resolve the thing or develop the relationship or do the thing, <laughs> mm -hmm. then, you know, those messages will keep coming up. And it's it's one of those lessons like, you know, if you keep repeating a pattern, you'll keep repeating that pattern until you fix the problem or, mm. you know, your, your toilet will keep leaking until you fix the damn toilet, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like Buddhism teaches us too. Mm -hmm. Like, we, mm -hmm. what is life? Yeah. Life is lessons. We are here to learn lessons, lessons and we will keep learning that lesson until we actually mm -hmm. learn that lesson. So I think symbols right. and synchronicities and, you know, everything is for seasons of our lives and for, for what we are heading towards next and to enter the next phase of our lives. So, you know, until we do, we're going to find ourselves confronted with these these messages that are helping us along. They're there to help us for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think the one thing that I like to mention when working with symbolisms and deities in this, this aspect is don't add in more than it's already there. Your intuition is going to tell you a lot of what you need to know. But when you like look at something and you're like, okay, I, I use this because uh, a lot of people want to work with one god because or goddess because they have this romanticized vision of them. Oh, I need to work with he Hecate because I think she's amazing and beautiful and that sort of thing. That's a that's a personal preference rather than a deity wanting to come to you. And, and I've learned this from experience because um, I've had deities come to me to work with me and I'm like, nah, I don't want to work with you because you're not my ideal deity. You're not my idea of what a deity should be. And it kind of stunts the growth process when we pre-idealize things and mm -hmm. we try to put in more messages than we need to do. So, you know, 
when we see a symbol and we we get the message of that symbol, just stick with it. Just process that message. Don't try to add to it something that's not there or idealize things overly because that's when we start allowing the ego just to kind of run away with it and make us more feel more self-important than what's actually there. And I'm and I'm not saying don't value yourself. I'm what I'm saying is just take the message as it is and digest it. Yeah. Don't yeah. try to make it, you know, I, and I think this comes from a lot of people trying to put on this persona. And I, you know, as when I was unhealed ego and a baby, witch, like I wanted to believe like, Oh, I'm important. I'm special, you know, and we are like, everybody is everybody's special, which nobody is in that aspect. If we start yeah. thinking of it that way, <laughs> but we all have our own unique abilities, strengths and talents and purpose in this world. And it doesn't mean that, you know, because, a, you know, Apollo came to you all of a sudden you're, you know, better than anybody else. And you put on this persona of like, well, I'm the prophet. And it, we see that with monotheism all the time. I'm the prophet. So you must listen to me and you must follow my word. Yeah, and because I have been spoken to. And I think that's really the the catalyst here is that we're not in a position to do that. We don't put ourselves mm-hmm. in that position. We're here to work the journey and share what is pertinent from that journey, not the things that make us appear grandiose or better than Joe Schmo next to us. Cause Joe has just as much talent and ability as I do. It's just those strengths are different. Yeah. So I guess that takes us to the next, the next question, right? Even when we can acknowledge these symbols and we know that this is happening and we're noticing and it's, and it keeps happening in different ways, repeated experiences. What do we do? Well, yeah. What do you do with that? Yeah. And I, what I say <laughs> we do, and this might sound boring, but you meditate on it. You sit with it for a long yeah. time. Like time, yeah. when I say I'm starting need. my relationship with Apollo, that means every morning now in my morning ritual, I'm just giving that nod to him now. Mm-hmm. Will that lead yeah. to anything big and profound and extra for me? I don't know. I'm just going to yeah. keep showing up, keep you know, I now leave an extra offering for an extra deity on my altar. And, you know, I'm just staying open. That's what that is. I mean, it could be like my Artemis experience where three or four years down the road, something really clicks. And I'm like, you know what, this all started back when I, and that's nine times out of 10, it's hindsight that shows us our greatest growth and shows us our greatest relationships as well. When you're looking for somebody you loved who is lost to you, this might be a pet, this might be somebody who is out of communication for whatever reason, you can use a pink candle to invite communication back to that relationship. Seeking Numina is my YouTube channel where I travel the world to the spiritual sites that I find, and I share with you histories, meditations, and ambience videos to really immerse you in the place, even if you can't travel there yourself. And with Seeking Numina, I'm also now offering live in-person spiritual pilgrimages to sites in the Athens area. Go to my website, SeekingNumina.com, for more information on the tours I offer and for my YouTube channel link. You'll find the link in the description below.
So we would love to hear from you if you have had some experiences like this, if you've had some symbols come to you, some repeated visits from animals or dreams that you've had. We would love to hear from you at magickitchenpodcast at gmail.com. That email is also in the description. So please send us your experiences. And if you have some questions about if something feels valid or not, we'd, we'd love to hear you out on that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about your experiences and, and shoot us some questions. So before we close, let's just talk about sharing that information since we touched on it a little bit. I think knowing when and where to share is valid because you're not going to share your you know profound spiritual experience with Aunt Joe who uh, <laughs> who is a you know devout against your path and doesn't believe in what you do and is terrified that you're being misled type thing. So I personally personal experiences like that I internalize them first. I journal I journal them, you know, and process it that way. And then if I hit a place where I'm like, hey. I need more perspective on this or, hey, I need a little more insight on the symbol I received. Like maybe I don't quite understand the symbol that I received. Then I'll open it up to my my coven mates and my friends, those who sympathize and, you know, have similar experiences <laughs> yeah. with what I do. I know in, in our coven chat, we share dreams and stuff like that all the time. So it's not uncommon and that's it, the, the appropriate place to do it. And I would not go onto Facebook into a chat and just randomly throw out something that I'm trying to decipher because you'll get a million and one different views on it. Um, yeah. Some symbolisms are very, um, they vary from the different paths and traditions that are out there. You know, the symbol for a oak leaf can mean something different in a Celtic tradition rather than a Native American tradition or something that's based in the lineage of the land, that sort of thing. So it's one of those things where, I don't know, I'm kind of careful about who I share that kind of thing with because I don't need a million and one different options. I need I need what makes sense. And usually that's when I go to the people I trust. Yeah. And if you're looking for validation in, hey, I, you know, saw this thing three or four times last week. Do you think this has any bearing on anything? You know, you want to go to the people that, like Leandra said, have the experience with that Mm -hmm. and believe in that kind of thing at all. If they don't believe in it at all, they're going to always say no. Like if you know that's what they're going to say and you want to say no, then that might be why you're asking that person. Um, and you know, with that too, it's a matter of how much of the experience you share, you know, sharing with somebody like, oh, I saw 11, 11, 12 times last month, you know, (laughs) and then I got the promotion at the job. Like that's, you know, that's fun. And that's like, that's not like oversharing, but if you have these messages from a deity and then you go and you have start this relationship with the deity and you're sharing like, and then in meditation, I was shown this really explicit, like just for me, like. And then they said, don't tell anyone, you know, like think about how much you want to share of these experiences, mm-hmm. because sometimes, you know, we always talk about how like deity is a little bit too big for us to offend them accidentally. But if you're being shown something with an intent of personal relationship only kind of confidence, like it's in confidence with deity or, you know, in your ritual space, then, you know, make sure you keep that there. Because you also want to continue whatever relationships you're building. So you don't want to to shut that down with, 
you know, it, it kind of goes back to what Leandra was saying about like prostrating ourselves as experts now, like that might be how that's perceived. If that's where you go with that experience. Mary meet, Mary part, and And Mary meet meet again. again. Thank you for joining us on the Magic Kitchen podcast. Please visit my website, leandrawitchwood.com, for news, information, and more episodes. I'm Elise Wells, and I can be found at Seeking Numina on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook, and SeekingNumina.com. That's Seeking, N-U-M-I-N-A. Join me as I immerse you in sacred meditations, ambience, ASMR, and history at spiritual sites around the world.